Hello, and welcome to Scopy Radio. My name is Dan Johansson. And I'm Maureen Smith, and today we are joined by Evan Bravos. Hi, guys. How are you today? Doing great. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing <laughs> good. We've been, we've had, like, guests in town over the weekend. We uh, haven't, po- like, recorded in a minute, so that's always kind of a fun little, like, oh, right, that's right, we, like, do a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, have people in our apartment occasionally. Yeah. Um, but... It's great. We're really glad to have you here. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. Um, Yeah, we've been kind of talking about how um, today all three of us were, like, convinced that we were sick. Yeah. That seems to be... I I feel it in the air. Mm. Well, I'm I'm going through a weird thing where I'm realizing that there are just, like, a couple products of my life that are catching up to me. Like... (laughs) Uh, I have carpal tunnel today and yesterday because oh, no. I'm like writing way more now and, and all that stuff. And it's like, oh, all right. I guess that's, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's you, you, you know, when you just like have a moment and you're like, oh, my body is, there is a limit to my body. Well, it's you know? almost the winter. Oh, is it the winter solstice? Or it's almost, the days are almost getting longer. Right? Yeah. yeah. So I think we passed it on the 22nd of December. Of December, right. Mm-hmm. It was winter solstice. But So now. Uh, yeah, so now I think that the days are getting longer. We're approaching the day where it's twelve hours each, right? Where it, where we hit equilib- equilibrium, right? Which is interesting. Nice. Yeah, that's what the that's what the equinox is. That because, is because really cool. it's equal night. That just hit me. Yeah, that Latin training. <laughs> That's what that Latin training is for. There you go. Oh, wow. Speaking of Latin, Latin is a language that classical music is usually written in. Speaking of classical music, well, not necessarily really classical. forced segue. <laughs> I, I was like, ooh, I, I want to do this bit. That's not a bit I get to do often enough, the very forced segue. Yeah. Um, you have an event that is been has been running for two weekends and is coming up its final weekend. Well, it's the it's tomorrow night. Thursday, and Saturday. Sunday. Oh, Thursday, Thursday Saturday. Saturday. Cool. Correct. Yes, the fine things of youth um, has been uh, going for two weekends now. This is the Chicago premiere performances of the fine things of youth. Um, in a short recap of what the fine things of youth is um it's the haunting story of a brief misbegotten love affair between an impressionable young music student lucy gayhart and a charismatic singer clement sebastian lucy leaves small town nebraska to to pursue musical studies in chicago and as fate would have it become rehearsal accompanist to sebastian so um, basically, the the story is an adaptation of Willa Cather's Lucy Gayhart, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, and it's all about Lucy leaving small town Nebraska, coming to Chicago, Chicago to study music. Um, happens upon Clement Sebastian, um, who represents every all things cosmopolitan and world worldly, and to her, she represented everything. Um, bigly in chicago you know (laughs) chicago um cosmopolitan to this small town girl um but chicago is is the main backdrop to this piece and um we've done the piece twice before once in 2015 at the willa cather annual conference um in lincoln nebraska at the university of lincoln did you did you premiere it i did oh that's so cool yeah and, oh wow! And then we did it the following year in 2016, um, 
Jill Anderson, who's our actress, had had um, who's Omaha based, um, had brought it to Omaha. Cool. And um, so I said, guess what, guys? It's my turn. We're going to bring it to Chicago. Nice. And so we have an Omaha actress, a Chicago baritone. And oh, I love it's this. just oh. such a really cool thing that we're yeah. doing. Well, and a Chicago pianist. And a Chicago female pianist, pianist. Mm-hmm. Um, which is really cool. Um, so we're very excited to be bringing this piece. Um, she had a pit, Lucy had a pit stop in the um, western suburbs of Chicago en route east to the lake. Um, but tomorrow night at um, the Ryan Center for the Performing Arts, Northwestern University's brand new shiny building on the lake um, at 7 p.m. and in Evanston and downtown Saturday at Gons Hall in Roosevelt University's um, CCPA awesome. building. Yep. That's very so cool. cool. Yeah, I, so I know um, Shannon, who uh, uh, I know her from, I went to Roosevelt. And Shannon McGinnis? My, Shannon McGinnis, yeah. Um, she was one of my coaches there, actually, for my second year while I was there. Um, she's fantastic. That it, like I love hearing what she does, because what she's up to and what she's doing is because she's such a talented pianist. She's brilliant. Like, so, such a good player. So expressive and mm-hmm. so um, connected to the music and to the text. And, you know, she, I mean... She's been nothing but fabulous to work mm-hmm. with this entire process. Well, I love what, because it's something that I've been thinking about a lot, is um, what a lot of Chicago arts groups are starting to do, which is kind of build up this idea of what this city really means, like what it really means to be from Chicago, what kind of people come here and why they come here, what they try to do, and and, you and know, why they stay why. here. Exactly. Um, and it's, you know, it's I, I mentioned it before we started... Um, recording but uh one of the things that actually our last episode a week ago was with this performance artist who was doing this uh piece uh that was kind of like a multimedia book uh performance thing about specifically about the great lakes and about like frank lloyd wright and just kind of this figuring out this midwest myth mythos and I really love when things accidentally become kind of like little partner pieces, because that's kind of, in a weird way, that's kind of what this is. And we were talking about Willa Cather, and, and for those that aren't familiar with Willa Cather, she's so um, iconically prairie, Nebraska, big city, like... like Midwest. Know, right. Yeah. I mean, she's kind of Nebraska's, like... Claim ju- to like, fame. Yeah, yes. she, yeah. She's their gem. Right, exactly. So I'm kind of curious, uh, you know, especially like it sounds like you've had so much experience of of working through this piece, obviously, but also working through what this piece means mm-hmm. to the Midwest and to the prairie. And so I'm just kind of curious for um, for you, like what if if you're okay with this, just kind of like sure putting into words a bit of that kind of like mythos of the totally. I knew nothing about Willa Cather when I um, um, when I first was invited to do this piece in Omaha. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I had flown out there and we workshopped the piece for three days before, um, not, not formally with any sort of audience, but we, we had a couple of days before it was first mounted. And in that process, I mean, I just fell in love with her, with Cather's writing. Mm. Um, I mean, being from the Midwest, um, I grew up in St. Charles in the Western suburbs here of Chicago. So, not quite the prairie, but it 
pretty much is the edge of, you know... It's the translator, it, at least. It, it like, is. is the, I mean, yeah. it's the edge of the Chicago suburbs. Right. Um, it, basically, everything west of you is cornfield. Yeah. Um, in fact, St. Charles's one of St. Charles's um, sayings is country sites, city lights, because you're just stones throw away from, from the big city, as it were. Um, so, I mean, being living into this story was really... Um, it, it really struck me. Um, and so, you know, then I was, you know, then having moved to the city and being an urban dweller now, I mean, it's it just, it, it hit me that much harder, you know, and a musician. So Lucy's story is important to the prairie and it's important to the city and it's, it needs to be told. And so we're telling it. <laughs> so are there certain, like, you know, think, thinking of the the text that is part of the piece are there any themes throughout that resonate with you as a person who came from a more from a rural adjacent community into the big city like are there any themes that really ring true to you as someone who's lived that experience um it, it, that's a really good question i mean i would say there are definitely landmarks in the book that just ring true i mean she talks about shopping at marshall fields and oh yeah you know just being on michigan avenue and seeing clement sebastian pause at the bronze lions to turn up his collar and light a cigarette before hailing a cab and driving away there's just a lot of imagery chicago imagery that a you're just plain proud of as a chicagoan to be reading that um through this fictional character's eyes. Um, But just more broadly, I I guess what, what it means to, to be in the city, you know, not to necessarily, um, she talked, there's another line in there that, that talks about walking along Michigan Avenue and seeing all the beautiful stores and, you know, they weren't hers necessarily, but they were hers to live among. Mm-hmm. Um, and so oh, just cool. little lines like that, I mean, that really strike to strike through, or st- I don't know what I'm trying to say. No, yeah. that makes sense. That, that strike me yeah. <laughs> um, and you and whoever, but um, as Chicagoans. Um, yeah. yeah. That's know. so cool. Well, I think it's, it's, very, it, it's uh, very interesting to me personally, I know, because... Like, I'm from Long Island, New York, which is kind of, a, it has, it, it's a very different rural, if you want to call it that experience. I, will, I wouldn't even actually really call it rural. But, like... It is, like, completely suburban. Yeah, it is the most, yeah, it's, like, the most dense space. It's such a... But anyway, the thing that's interesting to me, though, is that relationship of people that don't want to be living in an urban environment compared to kind of like that suburban line and kind of that like rural line where you where you start thinking about um the how that's something that i think that is a conversation that a lot of us are having now artistically and politically yeah and millennials especially Mm -hmm. i mean who are moving to the cities i mean and you know 
communities like St. Charles are shrinking. Um, everybody has a hometown, and everybody has a hometown right. that is that that is having that experience. And I mean, it also brings up the point of what is our responsibility to those hometowns. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, I mean, this was my first time performing in St. Charles in ten years, basically wow. since I left for college, and. So it was really meaningful to bring this piece back. Um, and I'm, in, in a way, kind of tracing my own steps over the last few years, um, which has been kind of a privilege. Yeah, because... A, a unique privilege. Because you're so... Um, yeah, that's really interesting that you're... You know, what, first you sing it in St. Charles, then you sing it at... Because you went to Northwestern, right? Then you sing it at Northwestern, and then the final performance is downtown Chicago. Right across from those lines. Like on Michigan Avenue. That's so cool. Exactly. Um, So I have... um, Just something that always strikes me about Chicago imagery is um, the fact that, like, you know, you mentioned the Bronze Lions, you mentioned... um, you know, Michigan Avenue and, you know, Marshall Fields, that is, of course, now Macy's. Um, it's it's so strange to me thinking about all of the people before me who, like, saw those things. Like, there's so much that separates me and Willa Cather. You know, there's, there's a claim, there's her, there is her upbringing in Nebraska versus my upbringing in Wisconsin. There's a generational divide. Like she, you know, grew up way before me and I'm living now and there's so much that divides us. But what brings us together is like seeing Marshall Fields, seeing the bronze lions. And it's so, I, I always think I, I often take it for granted, but like just thinking about how many people have seen those bronze lions and how many people have been to Marshall Fields and like what it means and like what brings different people to those landmarks. Mm. Um, yeah, well, exactly. I'm really interested in um, kind of talking more about the specifics, the specifics of the performance. So are you, are you the only singer on it, right? Yes. So and then it's, there's an it's also a, yes, yeah, it's a three, three man show. Three, well, two women and myself. Um, Jill Anderson, who is our actress, um, who's from Omaha and based in Omaha, has been here the entire run. Um, and Shannon McGinnis, who is our collaborative pianist, and myself. Um, so the other thing that that brings me to is the unique nature of this piece. In describing it to most people, um, it's more about what it's not (laughs) than what it actually is. It's not really a play, and it's not really an art song recital, but it's kind of both at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, the best description so far we've come up with is it's like an audiobook brought to life with the songs in the audiobook <laughs> brought to life. <laughs> cool. Um, cool. Because Cather does mention these songs. I mean, from Vinted Isa and, and, you know, Schubert. Mahler, Mendelssohn in the books Um, and so again that keeps those things alive for us too it's like not just the landmarks but those these songs that 
she heard for the first time and what they meant to her during that time and what they mean to us now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of another idea to wow. think yeah, about. I didn't, I didn't actually, embarrassingly, didn't actually realize. So how much of this music is originally composed? All of it. Yeah. Uh, no, all of it is... is, is and then they sample from it samples from Sorry, no 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 no. The the music is all Schubert Mahler wow. Mendelssohn. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, there's no original music. Yeah, okay. That's this is so cool. Yeah, this is just art song. Wow. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then and then there's a kind of like a, a lecture piece to it. Is that Well, it's it's the book. Right. It's literally right. the yeah, book yeah, yeah, yeah. being oh. read by Jill as a rememberer an elder of the town who remembers this character lucy gayhart so we are in you know a victorian parlor sipping tea we the audience and um you know i think the first line of the book is people still talk about lucy gayhart um, and then it chills. kind of, <laughs> kind of, <laughs> kind of unwinds, and you, you know, it's this, basically, this two-hour journey of this remember and what, and and how she takes pleasure in telling mm. this story of Lucy Gayhart. So I have a question about how you are approaching these art songs. So are you approaching these art songs as you, Evan, as you? Uh, Yes, I just mm. I just had a brief moment of me being deathly afraid that I just called you the wrong name, but I did not, <laughs> Evan. Um, that you um, that you would interpret them, or are you assuming, or or are you kind of um, trying to embody um, Clement's interpretation of them? That's what's fun for me. Um, for sure, it's the latter, mm-hmm. um, for sure. Um, gives me permission to be somebody else and and i mean because singing is one of the most naked things you can do right you get up there and it's you and a piano and it's you your person and it's you the singer it's you know but it's very hard to divorce those two things sometimes um and so being another character being clement sebastian really gives you permission to play and to in my opinion, sing more fully and more into the character and more into the text um, because there's a little bit of distance. Yeah. Right? Between you, Evan, me, myself, Evan Bravos, and the character I'm singing on stage. Mm-hmm. The art singer, you know, the art song singer, Clement Sebastian. So I'm wondering, so if if it were just... If it were you putting on a recital of these selections, what would you change about the interpretation? Like, would you, would you, or uh, is there not, if, not much? I mean, in all honesty, it's more an internal gotcha, ex- difference gotcha. in experience than it probably is externally. Mm. Um, but I'm just speaking from the musician standpoint, right? Um, right. Yeah, that's super interesting. I. The thing that's that's interesting to me, and I, I kind of think about this a lot with um, with literature and with Cather, is um, is how like how much it's playing with the iconic and how much it's playing with like the I'm trying to think of a better way to put it besides like the snapshot of it all. Do you know what I mean by that? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm kind of interested um, 
you know, um, where do you see the, like, lines for that? Does that make sense? Between iconic and snapshots? I, I'm not No, it's, yeah, it's totally fine. I'm trying to think of a better way to put it. It'll come back to me. Yeah. It'll come back to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Cool. Um, so, um, so this piece was conceived by... Tom Sorry. Gallagher. Awesome. And did he, um, did he approach, you know, each individual person or, did, you know, how, how was this piece started? How did it happen? Yeah. Well, Tom actually, Tom Gallagher just arrived into town today, um, again, for the final weekend of performances. Um, he had actually workshopped it, I believe, in New York in 2005? 2005, um, when I was a wee bit babe still. <laughs> and, um, and so I guess 10 years later, um, in, in 2010 or 2015, um, I'm not sure what the impetus was to bring it, bring Lucy back to life, but, mm -hmm. but it, it, it was decided that that would be the piece that was featured at the Cather conference that year. And, um, he was looking for a baritone and um i had just done the grapes of wrath at northwestern um with hal france who um is a conductor and lives and works and coaches in omaha um and jill anderson work works has worked very closely with hal on and off um and so she had been asked to give Tom Hal's um, information and so they, they could be in touch and find a baritone. Um, so Hal had recommended me. Um, and actually, he had, <laughs> funny story, he had been in a coaching with my friend Karina um, and had just asked on a whim, hey, do you know any good baritones? And we had just been at Central City together. Um, I was singing, I was covering Count in La Noce di Figaro, and she was Susanna, so we had performed together, and, and she dropped my name, and and he said, oh, I know Evan Bravos from the Grapes of Wrath at Northwestern, mm -hmm. I just conducted him, so that's just proof yeah. of how small the business actually yeah. is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so, got recommended, flew out there, and the piece has been alive ever since, and it's really, um, it's really a special piece to us and which is why we want to keep doing it mm -hmm. um every time we do it it's like it, it's just i mean like you said you get goosebumps yeah and it's just such a unique little piece um and we have high hopes for it we we want to um we want to hopefully bring it to new york at some point cool um we've thought about you know the edinburgh festival um, so just keep heading east. Just keep heading east. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, Cather has um, ties in Virginia. Had She was actually born in northern Virginia. Um, and then there's also connections in Ireland um, with her her family heritage and stuff like that. So we don't know. We don't know mm -hmm. what, what, what form the piece will take next. But um, we're doing what we can. So. 
I realized what question I was circling around before, which is always a fun experience as a journalist. <laughs> um, but I, what I was kind of thinking was that, like, it's an interesting thing where when we're looking at, like, narrative storytelling, we're, like, there's always kind of, like, a viewpoint or a perspective that we're relating to. And I think in a lot of ways, the, like, iconic nature of, like, what Cather is doing. What? The door was open, and I think that a cat is about to jailbreak. Oh, the front door? No, the bedroom door. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Keep going. No, it's totally fine. Um, so what what's, what's interesting to me is when I was saying kind of like the idea of like a snapshot, like the thing that, that is so uh, what Cather does, especially with her relationship to the big city. But like, uh, like I remember I read it, this about this a lot uh, when I read My Antonia, mm-hmm. um, was the idea of Lincoln and how bright and shiny it was compared to her hometown. But then you think about with like Chicago and thinking about this kind of like iconic imagery and all that kind of stuff. I, it's interesting to me that the role that you are playing in this, it seems like it's intent. Correct me if this is a wrong assumption, but it's very much part of it of building that that you know the spectacle the. Not even just the spectacle, but just the, like, you're providing the fuel for which the the audience and Cather is being, or not Cather, but Lucy Gerhardt, is being overwhelmed by something. Yeah, she's know? taken by this world, um, and there's, again, I'm just going to go back to the actual text, mm-hmm. because there's a line that says, she had to go back to the world uh which pursued excellence Mm -hmm. and and that whole concept to this small town girl you know um means a lot you know i mean yeah well and and i think that's i mean that's kind of an interesting thing to me though too because like that's exactly like the perspective is that like i guess the thing is like for, for you how is it stepping into the shoes of not because obviously it's not like in a in a way this story is very much I would almost say that it sounds like that the the main character is is not you but you are you have a heavy weight in what is happening like so much so in that you, it like the story is about the energy in which you're like representing right rather than it being like you know our our normal experience of art song is a very um like it's a like it's a storytelling experience. Like the, the these songs you normally hear, like Vincent Reza, it's mm-hmm. like you're telling this winter journey, winter's journey story. But comparing that, <laughs> that's there still. But but there's all of. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's just. I, I, does it, does this now make sense? What I'm trying to ask, which is just how do you, how do you th- think about like, in what in what way have you had to think about the performance overall like does that make sense you mean in the fragmented nature of uh, of singing the songs versus how you would sing them if they were if i was singing the vintage the full vintage i'm still not i'm 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 not quite understanding what you're saying daniel (laughs) i i respect the tenacity in which you're asking it but i don't quite understand what you're getting at (laughs) wow 
Um, I've got another question on the docket if you want to ruminate on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you mentioned um, the pursuit of excellence. Yes. Um, I think that's a really interesting concept um, that she had to leave her hometown for the pursuit of excellence. And I think that it's a really interesting... I think that's a really interesting perspective of why people leave their hometowns to go to New York, to go to Los Angeles, to go to New York or to Chicago. Um, I'm wondering, do you think as a person, cause I, I also, I mean, I grew up in a, you know, super, I grew up in like a suburban, like a, basically a suburb of Milwaukee, like essentially I grew up in a city, but you know, I, most of my family lives, you know, cornfield adjacent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm wondering is excellence as we view it in mainstream culture, do you think that that is achievable in a small town? Of course it is. Yeah? Of course it is. And I I don't um I don't think that this piece only elevates, you know, excellence being in the city. Um I mean, there 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 there's talk about so the, the other main character in this piece is Harry Gordon, who is kind of the small town um, hometown hero, who Lucy develops feelings for at home, um, and she's she's always kind of in between these two men and these two worlds and what they represent, and um, you know, so they're they're that line isn't in that i quoted wasn't it wasn't to say that um i don't know what i'm trying to say well the, it wasn't no, to, no no it yeah it, it wasn't to <laughs> just equate excellence with with the city i mean we all know that living in the city can be grimy and grungy and no absolutely you know the daily grind is very difficult in the city um but there's something about the life of the city and living in the city that gives you life mm-hmm. um well it takes you away from it it takes you there's something like i don't know I'm, I, I keep trying really hard to not go back trying to ask that question <laughs> like the like there's a there's an immediacy of like seeing something that's so beautiful that's so iconic that's so comforting that it just takes you away from it it is a great it's the great equalizer it's the great like it's just everyone it's the least common denominator people that are living in poverty in a city and people that are living in rural nebraska they see that and they have that moment you know and they have that that taken out of their own experience into a greater experience and so i i I guess the question that i was trying to ask before is you very much are the representation are, are it sounds like from this story that you are the representation of that you are your your character sounds like the experience of like you are the bait for which the audience and the narrator and the and you know it that are, are being taken out of that experience and so what I'm curious for you as a performer like has there been like a, a making room process for that well Thank you. That's that's a, that is a really good question, and I would say that the music. Yeah, you got there. You got there. You got there. I would say the music does the work. Yeah. Primarily, right. I mean, the music builds that mystery. That builds that suspense. It builds the. There is just something higher about the musical 
art form. I mean, it's, it, you know, that's why we call it opera. Opera is the work, you know, it's all, all of those things combined. Mm -hmm. I mean, preaching to the choir here, right? Right. Whoever's listening to this, (laughs) right? But it's, um, yeah, it transcends. And for, for someone to hear art song, I mean, the first time I even went to an art song recital at conservatory, I mean, you know, you have to learn how this world was constructed and what it means and mm-hmm. what does it mean to you and um but and i mean that experience is so universal i mean the thing is like your first art song recital or your first kind of like understanding of what art song is for the for the layman and for the classical musician like it can be like you know, I like I've had relatives see art song stuff that never knew anything about classical music or understood how it was structured or all these things, but like who were moved exactly right. right, and so it's 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 you know that is that's the idea of playing that like having to embody that. I mean, right. I think I think what you say is very accurate in that. Like if the the, the music just mm-hmm. does it itself. Well, and see, and that's another huge part of this project is someone who doesn't know anything about music or art mm-hmm. song or, or the musical world this is this is a perfect opportunity for them to come and be exposed to it for sure because of the literary component so you know they can go home and read the book and mm-hmm. before seeing it or after seeing it or whatever and but they're seeing it through Lucy's eyes mm-hmm. um Cather has a way of writing and making it feel as though she's writing like from your own perspective like it's just it's like you're it's like you're looking through you know her eyes and that's what makes good literature i mean right but um and good storytelling but um well and that's the thing is the way that that she does that is through relatability like you're (laughs) able to relate with her name so it's it should that's i guess the thing that that's very american yeah i mean that's an interesting thing of like (laughs) your piece is the the, like the idea that what it is that you do is potentially unrelatable mm -hmm. because it's so outside of the related like it's by it's this idea of being exposed to something completely new but even though it's completely new it's still extremely beautiful and I think that's kind of a, I don't know. I, I don't, that's not even a question. Yeah, yeah but it's a, it's a, but it's a, something you're noticing about it. Yeah. I, uh, I have a question about Shannon's involvement. Yeah. So, um, Shannon's role in this production is, so she is obviously the collaborative pianist. Is she, um, is she outside of the story or is she representing Lucy? Um, we like, I would say, it's pr- it's pretty ambiguous. I mean, it's not a play. None of us are necessarily acting mm. throughout okay. it. However, all three of us are in front of the audience most of the time, and when the character is being talked about, one's eye might go to any of the three of us, whether it be Jill while she's reading shannon sitting at the piano or me singing or me sitting off to the side um so it's very ambiguous um but it's it's mm, that's mostly up to the audience to decide 
Yeah, and it's still very it's very much storytelling. Right. And it, it's stripping it out of the idea of what. Because I think that's really why it's hard to call it a play, is because calling it a play gives it a very specific idea. But right. it's something that... I mean, I know that is an interesting thing, thinking about, you know, thinking about performance art. That is such an all-encompassing, you know, way of putting it for a reason, right. you know? Yeah, it would... It would fully need to be put into a script and mm. i mean then it would become a fully different medium for sure um but it's right now it's it's not a play yeah. <laughs> it's not an art song recital but it, it's it, willa cather's lucy gayhart in words and music <laughs> that's really cool it reminds me so when i was in high school i did i participated in this um extracurricular called forensics um and it's basically um, speech team. Yeah, speech team. Um, but there were a lot of different categories, and you could do, you could, you know, there was one where you could do a play. I did as well. <laughs> nice. uh, there's one where you could do a play. There was one that you could do like a serious monologue. You could do a funny monologue. Um, and there was one called storytelling that I remember was very, had very specific rules that it was not a play, that you were not allowed to leave your chair that um you had you couldn't have it memorized that you needed to be reading from your source um and at this this medium actually reminds me a lot of that in that it is decided it is not a play and it is not a it is not a recital it is storytelling that's that's pretty accurate yeah that sounds really cool Cool. <laughs> I always I always found that that category in forensics to be really interesting and I always admired the people who kind of could work within that mm. could work within that medium. Cool. Well, um we have a few minutes left. So the last thing we do with all of our guests is a one minute plug for anything they have upcoming. Sometimes it's very obvious, like a final weekend of performances. But we also <laughs> uh love hearing about um we love hearing dope shout-outs. Dope shout-outs. We love hearing shout-outs <laughs> for other people that you think are doing dope work. Um, we also love hearing about, you know, just general self-care things, books, TV shows, movies you, like, have been listening to recently. Wow, that's a great opportunity. Um, well, of course, the first thing I'm going to plug is the Fine Things of Youth. Tomorrow night, Thursday, um, in Evanston at Northwestern's Ryan Center for the Musical Arts, McClintock Hall, 7 p.m., and Saturday um, at Gons Hall in Roosevelt's CCPA building, um, 430 Michigan Avenue. Mm -hmm. um, but other things going on, um, shout out to hmm, my good friend Kat Weber, who's going to be singing... Um, in Traviata, out mm -hmm. in Glen Ellen, I believe next weekend. And I the just next saw about weekends. that. Yes, yeah. she uh, is the company called New Philharmonic. Does that sound right? Uh, well, I have to. You'll have to look that one up. I, yeah. I don't know. But <laughs> it's uh. Well, anyway, Google for those at home. Google Traviata Glen Allen. I got to imagine <laughs> Catherine Weber. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, another Chicago singer and uh, good friend. Um, cool. But yeah, it's great to hear other stuff coming up in and around this city. There's 
always something. Always something. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you all so much for listening. I've been Daniel Johansson. I continue to be Maureen Smith. If you want to keep up with what we are up to, there are so many ways that you can do that. First, you can head to scopymag.com. That's our website. We post all of our articles there, as well as all of our podcast episodes. Um, Otherwise, you can keep up with us on social media. On Facebook, that's Scopy Magazine. On Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, Google Play, Radio Public, and iTunes Podcasts, that's Scopy Mag. And we spell that S-C-A-P-I-M-A-G. And as always, I'm here to emphasize the importance of donations. We run on a shoestring budget. Everything that we've been able to do up to this point has been through your generosity. So first of all, thank you so much. Second of all, we could use a little bit more help. If you're in a position to give, you can head to our website, scopymag.com, and go to our donate section. There are a couple ways that you can give. First of all, you could do a one-time donation. If you choose to do so, you will have our eternal gratitude. Otherwise, for as little as $5 a month, you can support our mission of uplifting local arts and independent media. If you're interested in giving on a higher level or in advertising opportunities, please feel free to email us at scopymag at gmail.com. So, give a little, give a lot, and if you can't give, then listen, participate, and share. Cool. Thanks again so much for listening. Go out and make something. Yep.